Welcome back to the Cole Center here in Madison, Wisconsin, on the campus of the University of Wisconsin, where Merrimack leads Wisconsin two to nothing at the end of two periods. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. This second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies, where at Merrimack you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu/graduate today for all the details. Joining us here in the second intermission. It's Todd Gillespie from the Wisconsin State Journal. He's got, got the Badger hockey beat and also U.S. College Hockey Online. Uh, Todd, kind of a different uh, game tonight than it was last night. Uh, Merrimack's played much better. Wisconsin, not as well. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think you're seeing uh, a little bit of what we saw last night. Merrimack doing really well in the neutral zone on the forecheck, uh, really making it difficult, difficult for Wisconsin to get anything going, basically, yeah. any, any, any movement towards the, the Merrimack net. Uh, and there was some of that last night, but I think it's been better tonight for Merrimack. You can see that there, there's more intensity on it. There's there's more of a push to, uh, to to keep Wisconsin in their own end. Yeah, I thought first period. I mean, both these teams I think want to be puck possession teams. They all both want to. You know, both coaches have talked about that uh, that they want to possess the puck. They don't want to give up the puck. And uh, and last night Wisconsin did a better job of that for most of the night. Uh, tonight, especially in the first period, Merrimack did a better job. It was more even. I thought there in that second. Period, but Wisconsin hasn't been able to break through yet. No, and it's you know it, they're, they're maybe a little bit surprised by that Wisconsin because they're they're used to things coming maybe a little bit easier than they have tonight for them. Uh, they've been a team that's been able to get shots on goal and get good shots on goal. And we haven't seen a whole lot of those tonight for them. Uh, Merrimack's doing a great job keeping keeping the really the traffic away from the front of the net, and uh, you know maybe, maybe Wisconsin could be a little harder, a little bit grittier. But uh, I, I say you give credit to Merrimack on that. Too to, that they're not, you know, giving up the front of that very easily. Yeah, I mean, uh, only having talked with Tony Granado, the new head coach for Wisconsin, last night and then again tonight, uh, you know, I definitely get the sense that you know he knows he's building the program here still, you know, and, and he's got an awful lot of talent. But the guys need to know the things that they need to do, especially uh, you know, in terms of working hard. And last night, from you know the Merrimack standpoint, the feeling was they didn't, you know, put in the effort that they needed to put in. Whereas probably Wisconsin did, and maybe tonight it's kind of you know. Turned on its uh, at its head a little bit, and Wisconsin's maybe not, not not coming up with that kind of effort that they need, and that's the kind of thing I think that Tony Granada wants his team to learn that it isn't always going to be easy, and you are going to have to work for it. Yeah, they need to see those lessons and see them in action, and I think they're getting that tonight here on their home ice. They're they're getting you know the the, the play dictated to them in a, in a lot of ways, and uh, you know yeah, they're a team that's still a little bit finding its way. Uh, they were you know by Tony Granada's or admission coming into the season, you know, when he first got this team last March into April, they were a fragile group, you know, that the last two seasons were really bad and really took a toll on a lot of those players, and they needed to build them back a little bit to get the confidence going, and you've seen a little bit of that starting. They have, uh, they've had a pretty decent start, but it's going to be a process there, and I, and I think, you know, it'll take some time, maybe the second half of the season, they'll start to see things a little bit more in a way where they can build on the confidence that they've start, started this with this season. You know, I wanted to ask you, it's surprising so much, you know, just 12 wins in the last two seasons. They had four two years ago, eight last year, but a team that, uh, you know, won the national championship in 2006, a team that won the Big Ten just a couple of years ago as well. What what happened over the last couple of years? Well, it was, you know, a lot of when it happens, you look back at it recruiting a lot, usually, and it, it's no different here. Uh, 
they missed on a couple of recruits that they probably should have gotten. They didn't get in on a couple of recruits that they never they probably should have been on. And a lot of the players that that uh, they had come in here didn't reach their potential and weren't maybe weren't ready to play the positions, the roles that they were being asked to play at the points that they needed them. Because after 2014. Uh, they had a very large senior class graduate. And so the next year you're asking a lot of players that hadn't been in those kind of roles. And I think for a while, it, that, that, that first year when they won, they won only four games, it, that was stark. You could see that, that guys were just not prepared for what was being asked of them. Uh, it was a little bit better last year. You saw you know a little bit more talent come in. Uh, but the confidence just was never really there. You know, they, they didn't get the performances they needed when they needed them. You know, some, sometimes it was goaltending, sometimes it was just overall team defense, and then the, the goals never came the, the way that they were hoping. And, and this year, that, that was the difference. They're, they're seeing some goals being scored. They're seeing the talent that they have up front being used in ways that they think they can, they'll be able to see more of down the road in scoring goals. What's your take on uh, on Big Ten? And, you know, this is now, what is it, the fourth year of Big Ten hockey? And, you know, one of the things that jumps out to me is, Okay, this is the 10th game of the year for Wisconsin. They're going to play two games next week at Denver and Colorado College. Then they're going to have two games with Omaha. At that point, they're going to be 14 games into the season, and they haven't even played a league game yet. There's no other league in the country that is like that. I mean, it's over. is that good for the Big Ten schools to, to have that kind of a schedule? You know, I, I, I go back and forth on that. Yeah, I, The way that it's set up is very much a uh, basketball arrangement, the, big, the way the Big Ten schedules basketball. You just have all of your non-conference game first and then you have the run to the finish for, for all of your conference games. And, you know, I, I, I've heard enough coaches complain about uh, points being on the line too early in the season to know that, you know, there's, there's maybe some middle ground that, that could be a little bit better. They don't like playing a game that's going to matter to them in the final standings on the first weekend of the year, right? But not playing a, a conference game until, I think, December 8th for the Badgers or December 9th or something like that, that that's a little bit of the other extreme. And, and, and I think uh, maybe down the road in, in a few years when the scheduling kind of comes back around, uh, you know, you've got you're adding Notre Dame next right. year. That'll change things a little bit. Yeah, so presumably you'd get into league play at least two weeks sooner. I think you'll have to. You know, someone uh, will, will have to be. And, and so I think it, it'll change a little bit, but I, there's still that mentality that, you know, non-conference is, is for early in the year and, uh, you know, play the conference games down the stretch and, and uh, see where that shakes out from there. You know, I definitely got the feeling, of course, you know, us being from the East and, you know, Hockey East, ECAC, Atlantic Hockey, that area. So, you know, you, you definitely got the feeling with what was going on last year with the whole recruiting, uh, you know, proposal that was put forth by the Big Ten that there kind of was this, you know, Big Ten against everybody or everybody against Big Ten. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's good for the game for one thing, but, you know, you know, I mean, do you get the feeling that maybe, you know, the Big Ten schools or the Big Ten coaches kind of sensed that and maybe wanted to back off a little bit and realize, you know, that, and it's better for college hockey to work together. Well, I think some did. Uh, there, there, there are some um, you know factions in the Big Ten, like there aren't any league after, even though it's a smaller league. Uh, but you, you have to understand that the Big Ten, as an administration, you know, is thinking about so many other sports, where that isn't the case with many of the other leagues. You know, ECAC maybe, but they they have their administration that's basically focused on hockey for the hockey league. Right. So it, you know, being a subset of the Big Ten, you're dealing with all sorts of different. Uh, complications and, and you know who's in charge and, and, and who's planning for what and so the Big Ten things things 
more globally than in terms of NCAA sports than I think a lot, a lot of the other leagues do because they can focus on that. Uh, so th- I think that comes into play a lot and, and explains a little bit of why the Big Ten maybe I, I think I described that age proposal as tone deaf last year because it just it, it, you could look around at uh, the other coaches from other leagues and they're like what are you talking about? You know, why wasn't this brought up the way things are always brought up? And the Big Ten, you know, as a as a body maybe is, you know, trying to turn that a little bit around and say, well, maybe this is the way things should be done, you know, the way that they're done in other sports. That doesn't always work best for hockey, as we as we know from, from a lot of things in the past. You know, last question, I know we have to run, but uh, Hockey East is going to be down to 11 teams when Notre Dame jumps to the Big Ten. Hockey East can get away with it because the schools are, are largely close together. Big Ten with seven schools. How long can they go, and, and you know, is there another school that could be in the mix? You know, I think they can go for a while. It sounds like, for, I didn't think it would be that way, but uh, it sounds like people are more and more comfortable with seven. I, and, and I, I don't see it. It means somebody being off on the last weekend, right, before the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, something like that has to happen. And, you know, I, I guess we've seen that in other leagues, so, you know, it, it can work, but it, it just feels odd when there's an even number of teams in the country that you've got leagues that have. All right, thanks a lot, Todd. We appreciate it, folks. Check out his work, Wisconsin State Journal. Google that online. He'll be covering the game. He is covering the game tonight. U.S. Call Talkie online as well. Todd, Todd, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, appreciate it. All right, Todd Molesky, our guest here with the score Merrimack 2, Wisconsin nothing. We're back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.